0: You're listening to the Calm and Cozy Insomnia Podcast. Practical advice for insomniacs and bedtime thinkers. This is episode 30. I'm Beth Wyatt, your insomnia and stress management coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and counting down the days until pumpkin spice lattes re-enter my life. For today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Allie McBoudreau, nutritionist, entrepreneur, and hormone guru, about the connection between women's hormone health and sleep. Let's begin. Today, I'm having a conversation with Allie McBoudreau. We're going to be talking about the relationship between women's hormonal health and sleep, which is a topic that I have experience with, for sure. Allie is a registered holistic nutritionist, and she's a menstrual health advocate. Which is an awesome title. (laughs) So, Allie, welcome to Calm and Cozy. Thank you so much, Beth. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Cool, me too. If you can give uh, listeners and myself a approximately two minute introduction, just on who you are and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So. Um, as you said, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. Um, that's kind of like my official title. And so I have a background in food. I love food. I love talking about food and I love, <laughs> you know, making food and eating food and all that kind of thing. But I also really identify, as you said, as a menstrual health advocate um, because I really focus my work on women's menstrual health um, and, of course, their hormones. And so I'm a big advocate for women feeling empowered in being able to actually understand their bodies and their hormones, and knowing how they can support their health through things like real food and lifestyle habits, and of course, um, good sleep is one of them, because we have a lot of power to take control of our health. So basically, I work with women who want to feel like they really understand their bodies and know how to take care of their their hormonal and their menstrual health and I chose to kind of make this my focus because as women as you and I both know our hormones affect everything like they affect how we're sleeping they affect our moods and therefore they're affecting Mm -hmm. our relationships on a day-to-day basis and they affect how we look and how we feel in our bodies so it's really important to know how to support our hormones and that's that's kind of what I do.
0: Cool I find that Hormones are something we don't pay attention to until they're going horribly wrong. Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) And I think it's also because we're often, like, we're taught, whether it's through, like, I don't know, media or, like, our doctors and and everything, we just think that, like, really shitty periods. Sorry, I don't know (laughs) if I'm supposed to say that, but (laughs) really horrible periods and um, like cramps and all these horrible symptoms, like PMS symptoms that we were kind of taught that it's just like part of being a woman and that you just kind of have to deal with it. And that's not really the case. So we often suffer through these symptoms for years and then something, you know, even
0: worse happens and then we start paying attention to it. Right. That's what happened with me. Yeah. I think I was 30, And I've lived with horrible periods since my period started when I was 11 or 12 and then finally went to go get it checked out when I was 30 and was told there was a lot of different hormonal problems going on.
1: Yeah, it's all really common.
0: If I had a menstrual podcast I totally have you on there so we could talk about periods (laughs) and we, we will, it'll be peppered in there, but I definitely wanted to have you on here so we could talk about the connection between hormones and sleep. Yeah, for sure. Not to
1: get too off topic, but yeah, I mean, it's all connected. That's the thing, right? Is that I talk about our periods because it is so intimately like connected to our hormones and it's like such a sign of what's going on with our hormones. And it's like one of the things that we associate most with our hormones but like we also have to talk about how hormones are affecting our sleep and and how our sleep is affecting our hormones and all that kind of thing
0: yeah everything's connected Mm -hmm. and again like with sleep it's never an issue we never think about it until it's gone horribly wrong
1: yeah Um, for sure
0: I'd love to hear about hormones I know you do a lot of work with adrenal glands and enlighten me I don't know much about this stuff
1: Adrenal glands are definitely one of the things that affects women most uh, really noticeably a lot of the time um and it definitely affects our sleep um and it affects women in all stages of of um of life but it definitely starts it becomes really apparent at menopause um and but you know it, it's kind of you know it, it's happening a long time before that as well um so like whatever our our adrenal glands are Um, These two little glands that are sitting on top of our kidneys and they produce stress hormones. Um, So one of the big ones is cortisol and cortisol is like it's a hormone that we are supposed to always be making like it's meant to be highest in the morning and then it's supposed to be low at night because it actually gives us energy. So it like wakes up, it wakes us up in the morning um, and then it's supposed to be lower at night so that we can fall asleep. But because it is a stress hormone and we are often really stressed a lot of the time, like we all have stressors in our life and women especially deal with a lot of stress just because of, you know, the, the way we are. We, you know, take on a lot of roles and we do so much um, that women especially are really prone to stress and And it's this chronic stress, this ongoing stress, um, whether that's from, you know, like big noticeable things in your life or it can be like little things. Like I see a lot like women, you know, having a hard time accepting their bodies Mm -hmm. and that causes like chronic stress, like looking in your in the mirror and, and looking at your body and disliking it. And all these like little things in your day are all causing your adrenal glands to produce cortisol. So your adrenal glands can get fatigued from this and then. Over time, it kind of disrupts that normal pattern of cortisol that's supposed to be high in the mornings and low at night. And we start to get high cortisol at night, so that's when you are feeling like it's often called the tired and wired sort of feeling, where you're you're tired, you feel like burnt out, and you need to go to sleep, but you can't. Like you're like you're wired. Um, and then often uh, women find that they, they can fall asleep sometimes, but they might wake up at like two or three in the morning and they can't fall back asleep after that. That can be a sign that your cortisol is just spiking in the middle of the night when you're supposed to be asleep. Or sometimes it's, you know, really low it, in the morning and then you wake up feeling really groggy. So these are all kind of signs that your, your adrenal glands and your cortisol is out of balance. And that's like, this of course affects all of your other hormones as well. <laughs> Yeah. And like, it's interesting because when we drink coffee, it raises our cortisol levels actually. So that, that helps us feel more awake in the morning. So that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of people rely on coffee. Mm. But of course, if you are already, you know, experiencing adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout, whatever you want to call it, coffee can, can can make that worse because it's putting more stress on the adrenal glands to produce cortisol. Okay.
0: I know I had some adrenal fatigue. I think it was about when I was 30 and I really started going to naturopaths and going to the doctor and trying to figure out what was going on. And I'd never really noticed how exhausted I felt all the time. Like I I didn't really know what having energy felt like because it had been so long. And I remember going into the naturopath and she had checked my adrenal glands. And I remember her (laughs) being like, so it's not good, and I'm kind of wondering how you function. <laughs> I remember being like, well, I function because I have to.
1: <laughs> and then did it, like, click you? Like, maybe I am really low energy? Because that's actually what happened to me recently. So, like, I haven't actually – like, this is really recent, but I – like, got a bunch of blood work done through my GP, and, like, I I, had, I, don't, I haven't been to the doctor, like, a ton in the last several years, because I haven't had any health problems, right? And I um, had high TSH, which is thyroid hormones, or related to your thyroid hormones, so it's, like, a sign of, su- sort of, like, subclinical hypothy- hypothyroid, mm. and... I was like, maybe I'm pretty tired. I was like, I like, I didn't really think that I was that tired. But I was like, maybe I think we just don't realize like, mm-hmm. that how much we're like pushing ourselves and how much better our energy levels could be. So I've been working on that over the last couple weeks. And I'm starting to already notice a difference. And I'm like, Oh, may, yeah, maybe I did have low energy. <laughs> and, I, like, and my boyfriend was like, Yeah, you're, you're always like bagged in the evenings, but you sleep like eight or nine hours a night. I'm like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, I just assumed I needed more sleep than most people. But yeah, it's so true. I don't know if that's a women specific thing or just a cultural thing that's going on that we don't realize that we're tired a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> or hobbies are definitely play a big role.
0: <laughs> Keep talking. I'll just sit here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so
1: one of the big things that happens with Um, this adrenal like fatigue and burnout is um, when our bodies are constantly needing to produce this cortisol um, in response to stress. It actually starts to pull from our progesterone supplies. So cortisol and progesterone kind of share this pathway. And when our bodies can't keep up with cortisol supply, we start to steal from our progesterone and convert it into cortisol. Because basically what's happening is if you think of it, um, like your, our bodies are stressed and what that really means is that our bodies perceive like a threat. Mm-hmm. Like if from an evolutionary perspective, our bodies are perceiving a threat. So they don't, our bodies don't know that we're just, you know, sitting in traffic and stressing out about being late or whatever, Um, they think that we're being our bodies think we're being chased by like a predator, like Mm. as far as our bodies are concerned, that's what's happening. So that's like our body's priority is to deal with this stress and produce adrenaline. And then in the longer term, it produces cortisol, um, so that it raises our blood pressure, and it raises our heart rate, and it um, makes us breathe heavier and all these fight or flight. Yeah, it's the fight or flight. Exactly. And so instead of like, Mm. it doesn't need to focus on progesterone, which is a reproductive hormone, it's like, okay, we need to, we need to produce cortisol, because like, we need to survive right now. It's not about reproducing. So (laughs) that's why, you know, this is so this is such a problem is because our bodies don't understand that, like, we need to just chill out, and we're not we're fine. They don't, they don't realize that. So And I keep talking about our bodies like this other thing, but it's, it's us. Um, so yeah, so we, we start to, um, steal from our progesterone supplies, and then that starts to contribute to what's known as estrogen dominance, which is again, really, really common.
0: I have that too.
1: Yeah. It's really common.
0: I just, I just had you on here so you could coach me (laughs) through all my hormonal issues, obviously. Um, (laughs) yeah.
1: So, so yeah, and estrogen dominance is huge because while, yeah, we're stressed out, so we're, our progesterone levels are low. Um, and basically what estrogen dominance is, is we've got too much estrogen relative to progesterone. So that can be, we've got high estrogen levels. You could have normal progesterone levels and have high estrogen levels and still have estrogen dominance, but it's also really common to also have low progesterone levels. Um, and stress is a huge one for that. Hmm stress is not conducive to progesterone. So, okay. yeah, so then we end up with this estrogen dominance. Um, and I mean, estrogen is everywhere in our, in our um, environment. So we have high, like it's in plastics and it's in our skincare products and things. Um, and estrogen dominance really affects our sleep, um, especially like women who have premenstrual or PMS symptoms and stuff, often insomnia is is something that they really notice in the like two weeks leading up to their period, they'll notice that hmm. their um, insomnia gets a lot worse. That's interesting. Yeah, so in a, and so obviously, it's totally connected. And then when we're not sleeping well, um, we're not producing as much melatonin. And and of course, like other aspects like or other um, things can contribute to that, like all the stuff you talk about with like blue light and all that can contribute to not producing enough melatonin and melatonin and estrogen are also really closely related. Um, So melatonin opposes estrogen. So when we have higher levels of melatonin, it can actually kind of help keep some of that estrogen in check in our bodies. If that makes sense so hmm. and, as i said it's like really interconnected yeah. um and it's pretty interesting mm.
0: yeah you have made this interesting for me <laughs> good <laughs> um, okay so stress then some yeah ways to reduce so, stress yeah so some of like the
1: one of the biggest things that i i coach women with is how to manage stress, um, day to day. And, um, because that's going to be like huge in both supporting your adrenal glands so that you're, um, not getting that, like, you know, can't fall asleep because you're wired, even though you're really tired waking up in the middle of the night or just waking up really groggy in the morning, all that comes down to managing your stress. Um, so I always talk about like, I like. I personally love meditation. I know that it's not for everybody, and that's like totally fine. But there mm-hmm. are different ways that you can mm-hmm. kind of get some of that meditative like aspect into your day. Um, so if you like, I just I use like the Calm app, and I like the free version of the Calm app. I don't even pay for it, <laughs> and like if I need that guidance. But I also just like that it um, will like track when I've meditated, so I it, right. like kind of motivates you to keep doing it. <laughs> So I, I use that stuff like that and I just meditate for like 10 minutes a day. But other people, um, you know, you, you can just take like breath breaks throughout the day and just breathe for, take three slow, deep breaths. Like just whenever you're kind of like sitting at your desk or in traffic or whatever and you like are like, hey, I can feel that feeling of stress. Um building kind of and just take slow three slow deep breaths and that's going to shift you out of like fight or flight into mm. um the what well that we call it rest and digest right. where your body like the opposite of fight or flight and then that's going to translate to sleeping better at night like mm. if you can manage your stress like this over time that actually does help you sleep better at night and you know i, I mean self-care is huge and and just seeking extra time for yourself is so important. And um, like, I mean, we all kind of associate self care sometimes with like bubble baths and all that kind of stuff. But like, just, you know, make sure that you are feeling taken care of, like, if Mm. you're taking care of a lot of other people. And you're starting to feel like nobody's taking care of you. Sometimes you have to show up for yourself in that way and take care of yourself.
0: I find rest is a big self care like rest is rest is so key but it's become something that's so rare I find in our Hmm. in our daily lives that it almost falls more under the self-care column rather than Hmm. the like common sense or like everyday needs column because we feel guilty or we feel like we don't deserve it yet or there's no time and it's yeah. Even just like for me, I talk about napping all the time. It's like, I always I know, need an excuse to talk it. about napping, but a nap yeah. for me is self-care. It's like, I'm going to yeah. stop what I'm doing and I'm just going to go lie down because I need that right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And some people will see that as like, no, like you have to keep, like, it's the middle of the day. You need to be working. And it's like, right. no, you <laughs> need to be doing things that are going to help us work better. Like, like, cause we can't work well if we're burnt out. Like we right. need to do these things whether yeah that's taking a nap or even like I'm not much I'm not much of a like actually fall asleep in the middle of the day but I've been really noticing how beneficial it is to like sit down and maybe it's kind of like meditation but just mm-hmm. like sit down and like close your eyes is so helpful <laughs> to just like give yourself a little break like mm-hmm. it's okay to yeah take breaks and take care of yourself like that for sure yeah.
0: I like the um, what you said about just taking three breaths, that's something that I do, especially in traffic and I'm not usually like a high anxiety person, but traffic mm-hmm. gets me going and I have to say too, like I my day job is like an eight minute drive in bad traffic <laughs> from home so it's not like I'm commuting for hours a day, I yeah. can't imagine what it would be like if I did that, but even just yeah. in the five to eight minutes that I'm driving to or from work, I can get worked up. And yeah. I like to be the first one. Like, I like to be the first in line. So I don't like waiting for somebody. And I don't like if someone has a light and they don't realize it yet. And I can feel myself start to get worked up. And that's mm-hmm. when I just go, I ease off. And I'm like, okay, yeah. just breathe. <laughs> yeah. Just relax. Don't, you know, I always say too, like... Better to be safe than first. You're okay. Yeah. So the breath thing definitely helps me, and it has translated into something that I use at night too. So I need to calm down at night, and I do the same thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like if you can use it during the day to help, you know, calm yourself, it's great in bed as well. Hmm. And like. It's, it's not like a mind blowing piece of advice, but it's,
1: it's hard. Like people don't practice it. And Mm. then when you do practice it, you're like, wow, that, that That was really helpful. It took me like 30 seconds and I actually feel so much better. It's crazy. But I think a lot of things are like that. Like Mm -hmm. so much of what I talk about, like, isn't like mind blowing pieces of advice,
0: but it's just,
1: you know, making sure you implement them. That is really,
0: yeah. Well, I was just so excited I came up with the term fight or flight, like that I knew what that was because that was my <laughs> contribution to your. You nailed it, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nailed it for sure. It. Yeah. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> Go ahead and take a little dance break while I tell you about this episode's sponsor Solace Weighted Blankets. Weighted blankets are proven to reduce stress, anxiety, and ease insomnia through the power of deep pressure stimulation. I have a solace blanket on my bed right now, and in addition to sleeping under it at night, I use it when I'm reading, napping, crocheting, or catching up on the latest episode of A Handmaid's Tale. The show is so good. Solace weighted blankets are temperature regulated and have a removable duvet cover that's machine washable. I chose to partner with this company because I like their 100 night return policy, their lifetime warranty, and their free shipping within Canada and the United States. You can save 15% by entering the code sleepcoach15 at solaceblankets.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E blankets.com. Don't you just love this music? Okay, back to the interview. Um, so go on and talk about other things that I don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So
1: I was going to mention on top of like the actual stress relieving. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people already know what they need to do, like what works best for them to relieve stress or they know like what they could try. Um, there are like things that you can do to support yourself nutritionally. Um, so taking like, if you are, um, having that, like, you know, having trouble falling asleep at night, feeling burnt out during the day, all that kind of thing. And you think your adrenals need help. Um, like taking a B complex, a good Mm -hmm. B complex is really good for so many women, um, in a lot of ways, but it actually, it supports our nervous system. So it supports that fight or flight Mm -hmm. response. And we actually go through more B vitamins when we are stressed. So that can be really helpful. And then, um, one of the things that I've always really liked recommending for, um, for sleep issues related to our adrenal glands, um, is the adaptogen called ashwagandha. So, um, yeah, ashwagandha, it's a, it's an, like an Ayurvedic herb. So it's an Indian sort of herb. Um, and it's, um, Is an adaptogen, meaning that it helps to regulate the stress response. So you can you don't have to take it before bed to feel the effects, but you take it like during the day, and it kind of helps to manage cortisol levels. And then people really find that it helps them sleep at night um, because of that. Um, so I really like like those two things. I I really like, and there's tons of different adaptogens out there that that people will find, you know, helpful. It's all, all varies person to person, but I I've personally used ashwagandha and i've talked to a lot of other women who have used it and and really like it um so that's kind of one one of the ones that i that i often um suggest people try and that can yeah just be taken like you you can take it in the morning and it can help give you energy during the day but it can also help because you're managing that cortisol can help you sleep
0: at night so really like that i'm writing Hmm. all these down i love it because (laughs) people usually just commonly go to like, I'm not sleeping well. Oh, get some melatonin. That's what I do. Yeah. And I, I was just like, no, there's there are other ways. <laughs> <laughs> Try yeah. something else first. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, I used to work in a health food store and like in the, in the vitamins department, in the mm-hmm. supplement section and sleep. It was actually, I liked helping people with sleep a lot of the time because they would come in and they'd be like, I think I just need some melatonin. Mm-hmm. And then I'd ask them a couple questions and, and it would be like, no, I think you like, they'd be like waking up. Like they'd be like, Oh no, I fall asleep. I just can't stay asleep. And I'm mm. like, okay, well, melatonin is probably not what you need. Mm. I mean, for most people, it's not what you need. It can be helpful, but it's, you know, your body, it's not that your body can't produce melatonin. It's that you're not giving it the right conditions to produce melatonin and all that kind of thing. So um
0: can I ask so, yeah. then? Can I like interrupt and ask what you would recommend for that then? For for someone who says I'm I can fall asleep but I'm waking up a lot. Is that something that ashwagandha would usually help with? One okay. of the first ones. Okay. I know that there
1: there's um different like formulas that will they'll they'll say that they're like a cortisol manager okay. um and they'll often have ashwagandha in them combined with some other stuff. Okay. And but you can, I I often recommend people just try ashwagandha on its own because you can buy it as like a powder, um, just that you can add to like your smoothies or whatever. Um, so it's kind of like almost like a food. It's just like the dried herb. Um, you can also get it in capsules and all that kind of stuff, but I find that's a good place to start because it's, it's, yeah, I like that it's just one herb, so you can try it out, Mm. it's not super expensive to buy, like, especially if you buy the loose powder, Um, and then people can see, like, whether or not that's helping, and I like that it's really actually addressing the root, like, it helps to address, I mean, you also have to work on your stress, but it's helping to address that root cause of, like, managing cortisol levels.
0: Okay, that's awesome, Mm. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people who um, who have, who say that they are issues that they wake up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Jake's one of them. He always was like, I, I woke up like three times. It's like, I, yeah, that's my, yeah. my specialty is helping you fall asleep, but he can fall asleep in three seconds flat, but yeah. he's waking up a lot in the morning. So I'm going to get yeah. him some of that. <laughs> yeah. he can definitely try it out. I mean, there's
1: other things that can play a role because one of the other things that, um, can make people wake up sometimes is blood sugar imbalances so um if they're um yeah falling asleep and then they wake up and sometimes like especially if people are midnight snackers that's like an obvious one Hmm. but like maybe like you know they wake up and they like go and grab a snack um or just you know your blood sugar might just wake you up and you're and you don't necessarily go and eat because of it but that's a sign that um yeah, you're having like low blood sugar in the night and you need to, um, be eating more like, um, fats and protein and fibers with your meals throughout the day. So one thing that can be helpful for that is, um, like an hour or so before bed have like a little snack with some, um, some protein and some fiber and that kind of stuff, um, and some fats. So like you could do, like half a banana with some almond butter would provide a bit of fiber, a bit of fat, a bit of protein um, and a little bit of carbohydrate. So it's kind of like balanced. Um, and that that can sometimes help
0: people. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a, people that are listening. It's not all about me, but um, <laughs> I just, you know, why not? Why not just interrupt <laughs> you and get some information that I was looking yeah, for? Yeah, I love anyway? it. <laughs> I'm sure if you if you know people who are dealing with it, I'm sure there's some of other people who are. One of the other things too for that is that we've cut back the like more mindful of when we have our last drink in the evening. So that was something oh. too that I was like maybe just you know like have it with dinner. And I, if he finds too that he likes to have a drink while he's making dinner, but not mm-hmm. with dinner. So that was something we cut that out to leave enough time. But
1: who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll try this. Well, cause like alcohol can definitely make a difference. I mean, it, um, like it can definitely make you fall asleep faster, right. but then you don't get into that same like restorative sleep. So people do often like wake up from, and, and it affects your blood sugar and all that kind of thing. So
0: yeah, definitely can play a role. Okay. Isn't alcohol kind of the perfect segue into supporting the liver?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> the liver is Uh, definitely a really important um organ for hormonal health it's stress and the liver are two of the really big ones that i always talk about um for hormones um so the liver is more so about that estrogen dominance so if women are um know that like they have pms um and they are having, like, they notice that their insomnia gets worse before their period or a couple of days before, or a couple weeks before. Yeah, supporting the liver is really important. The, I should mention that before you um, support the liver to help, like, boost that detoxification, so what the liver, okay, let me back up here a second. Sure. The liver de- <laughs> The liver detoxifies excess estrogens from the body. Okay. So these are, like, the estrogens that I was talking about that are, in our environment, they're coming from outside our body. That can be through um, like birth control pills, but it can also be in our water supply. Um, it can be, yeah, like I said, your um, skincare products and pesticides and and all these sorts of things. Um, they're adding estrogens to our bodies, so it's really important to kind of clean all that stuff up and go as natural as possible mm-hmm. with like your skincare supplies and your home cleaning supplies and that kind of stuff and organic when possible that can all help but in order to support the liver to to help boost that detoxification you also have to make sure first that you're having regular bowel movements because if you're constipated and you start supporting that detoxification from the liver um what can happen is your liver you know starts detoxifying better but your body's not eliminating those toxins through Mm -hmm. your colon Mm -hmm. and that's you know sometimes when people do like detoxes and stuff and they get really bad headaches and all these really bad symptoms. That's kind of, that's not a good sign. That's a sign that your body's trying to eliminate toxins, but not actually getting rid of them. So you should be having regular, regular bowel movements. Um, it's, huge. Um, so that's, you know, there's, there's a ton that can be, that can be playing a role in constipation, but, um, definitely, you know, fiber and water are the two big ones. A lot of people, are not drinking enough water and they're not eating enough fiber and, and exercise and all that kind of thing. But if you are going to the bathroom regularly, like, you know, at least once a day, some, you know, some people go two or three times. That's, that's fine as well. As long as it's not,
0: I mean, not to get too into poop here, but I know you're not a holistic nutritionist. so I don't know if you'll appreciate it. And it's not a poop podcast, but (laughs) it could be. Um, Let's do it.
1: So, Anyways, regular bowel movements mm-hmm. is huge, um, mm-hmm. is really important. But so then in order to actually support the liver, um, your liver loves, basically it likes a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. That's not to say that's all you have to eat, but if you're eating lots of that, that really can help boost detoxification. So, um, and a lot of bitter things as well can be really helpful for the liver so like lemon water because it's like sour um, in the morning a little bit a little bit of fresh lemon juice and some warm water taken in the morning um, for a couple of weeks that can help to just kind of gently cleanse the liver um and i'm always careful about using words like cleanse and detox because right. what i'm really i'm not talking about like like your body's always cleansing and mm. detoxing we're just trying
0: to support that right um, you're not talking about a, a weekend detox,
1: yeah, <laughs> but like exactly. doing this on you're, a regular
0: basis. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and so, and you like, your liver loves beets and it's a really good one and apples mm-hmm. and carrots and like all these fresh fruits and vegetables are really good for supporting the liver and your berries. They're really high in mm-hmm. antioxidants mm-hmm. are good for the liver. Um, <clears throat> so basically, you know, if you can add more, um, Fruits and vegetables, leafy greens like the ar- arugula and um, like dandelion greens are really good for the liver. All that kind of stuff. Lots of that in the diet. Okay. Um, along with, you know, you're you don't have to like no, do a juice cleanse. You just have to really increase the amount of that kind of stuff that you're eating. Um, will really help support the liver. And then um, your B vitamins that I said are also really good mm-hmm. for um, the adrenal glands. Those are great for the liver. So. Um, that's kind of like the big, basic, like how to support the liver. And mm-hmm. then um, if people want a little bit extra, you can do like milk thistle is a really good herb for kind of helping to detox. I don't recommend it long term, but for like two to three weeks at a time okay. to just kind of help the liver. That can be really good. So so yeah, um, I would say all the fresh products that you can get and some milk thistle tea a couple times a day and do that for a couple weeks and that's a, a and some lemon water in the morning that's a really good liver cleanse um that i, I recommend people
0: mm-hmm, Cool. and
1: what that's just going to do is just yeah help your body to detox those excess estrogens and then um along with the com- combined with the um better stress management and supporting your adrenal glands that can really help to balance that estrogen dominance and yeah and that translates to better sleep. Okay.
0: What, sure. Would sauerkraut be considered one of the bitter foods you're talking about?
1: Yeah I, well I mean the it's definitely um cabbage is great for the liver. I am
0: addicted uh, to cabbage. Yeah it's I have cabbage texture. daily I love it
1: That's awesome. And it's so good for, like, cabbage itself, yeah, is really good for detoxifying estrogen.
0: Um, That is so good to know. I literally, I eat, yeah. Uh, Sauerkraut, I think it's, like, my Romanian background. I just, like, grew up. I came out of the womb eating sauerkraut um, and cabbage rolls and things like that. Um, But, yeah, I love cabbage. Cabbage with eggs, cabbage, like, just in the oven and, like, with soy sauce. And, like, every day I have it. So it's yeah. really good to know that I'm, that my obsession is a good thing.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I didn't it's even, so I didn't good. Even know it. Yeah, definitely. It's so good for because it's okay. part of the cruciferous be- mm. vegetables. So your cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli and all those things. And cabbage is so underrated. I find like it. It's such an awesome vegetable that I I feel like it's kind of like a frumpy vegetable, <laughs> but it's like really good and it, it lasts in your fridge for so long. And yeah, mm. you can make sauerkraut with it. Yeah.
0: Sometimes sure. I mix the two. I mix sauerkraut and the cabbage. <laughs> I don't think I've
1: ever done that, but but yeah, I know sauerkraut is definitely a staple of mine. I love it. Cool. Um, and like the fermented foods, I mean, if we're really getting into like how to support your hormones, like your fermented foods are great for the gut. And that's mm. another really big thing to work on for your hormonal health and, and estrogen dominance for sure. Cool. And for going to the bathroom regularly. So. You know, this all just kind of comes full circle. Like, you can't... <laughs> and like, once you start adopting these little changes, it all just kind of, like, starts like,
0: oh, but that also supports this, and that's perfect. Yeah. And yeah, I different. used to <laughs> yeah. really be into um, detoxes and cleanses and things like that. Um, and I know that was, like, part of my, like, eating disorder history. I I was obsessed with being healthy and in a bad way. And... Mm-hmm. I eventually, like, I eventually just discovered that eating a healthy diet and doing things that are good for me on a daily basis are way better than doing like a three day cleanse. You know, that makes me almost pass out. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. It was mm-hmm. like, why am I doing this to myself? And I'm, I'm really kind of like anti detoxing cleanse now because of that. Because I just feel like no, incorporate it into daily life. You know, don't, don't ignore. Yeah. It all year and then do your big ten day cleanse. Oh, absolutely!
1: And I, I think that's like I know from working in a health food store. I know that's a big thing, is, but if we don't think of how the body like the way we detox is. These organs are our, our organs are always detoxing, like our liver and our skin, and our, so we're always detoxing. <laughs> um, and we just need to like support that. And yeah, like like you said, eat well like most of the time um and then our bodies will be able to handle like the little things here and there that they do need to detox from like the you know the casual drink here and there and all that kind of stuff like our bodies Mm -hmm. can handle that we just need to support give it the support that it needs
0: right we've come to the end of our interview i have one more question for you What is your favorite part of your evening routine? So my evening routine
1: has been varying a little bit lately. Um, My partner's schedule is all over the place. So that's kind of been dictating things. But um, I've been noticing a huge benefit trying to just kind of make a bit of a loose rule of no computer and phone for like at least half an hour before bed. Um, I like, I still love, you know, Netflix and stuff, but I, I try to, um, definitely put my phone, like no more Instagram right before bed. Um, cause I don't always get sucked into that, but when I do, I just, I'm just like, what
0: are you doing? So anyway, 10 I minutes turns that. into two hours for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, I don't know, it's before bed is like, your brain just gets so sucked into it for some reason. So I've been really like putting my phone on airplane mode. Like once I start like brushing my teeth, it's like, okay, phone is like on airplane mode, like no more go to bed, like read whatever. And then I try to do that in the morning as well. Um, I like, I just find for myself, I need a little bit of structure Mm. for the first like hour of my morning. And I find that helps me kind of wake up so much better too. So so definitely evening and morning, I've been trying to really put that away and it <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's been helping a well, lot. Well it's hard to
0: <laughs> as like entrepreneurs, as business people, to put technology away because that's our business. Yeah. That's how we communicate with people is yeah. through our phones and our laptops and so yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that. How can people work with you? How can they contact you, find you on social media? Yeah, so the Best place to find me
1: is I I mean Ali McBoudreau. Um, that's my website address is AliMcBoudreaux.com um on Instagram. I'm Ali McBoudreau Nutrition. No, I'm just Ali McBoudreau on, on Instagram, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ali search that. Um, and yeah, my website and Instagram are, are where I definitely like to hang out the most. So check me out there.
0: Yes, I love your I love your Instagram account. So. Oh, thanks. So, they can find the spelling in the title okay. and the, you know, the description of this episode. But yeah, it's M-A-C-B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U. Yes. So if you also want to get on Allie's email list and get her very informative emails, they're, you're actually, I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast right now and I can see your face, but yours is one of the only email lists that I'm on that I actually read. thank you you have a quick start guide that people can get from you for free right um yeah so if you go to my
1: website you can um just click get started and you'll go to the page where you can download that resource um and yeah it's just lots of little tips that you can um use to start balancing the different systems in your body and start balancing your hormones and hopefully get better sleep as well
0: thank you so much thank you so much for having me beth this was really fun Good. Yes, I was. I think I went off topic a few times, but you know it's my podcast, so yeah, I can do what I want.
1: I tried to bring it back
0: to sleep a few times, but you did. You did. You did really well with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. This has been the Calm and Cozy Insomnia Podcast. Thank you for listening. Season one is a wrap and I'll be taking a few weeks off to regroup and schedule my season two episodes and interviews. I'll be back around the end of September, so follow me on Instagram or Facebook at sleepcoachbeth for updates. Thank you sincerely for making my first season of podcasting so enjoyable. I've loved every minute of it. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom, who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.